Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. You're looking at it and you're seeing these small moments that make up the beauty of your life. And you might see it creatively. You know, when you take the photo, you're no longer just like pressing the button on your on your phone. You're taking the photo to that focuses on the part that you want to remember or the part that you want to keep or the moment that is important. And I think photos are saying this moment is important enough to me that I want to live it twice, you know, once when it happens and then once again when I'm documenting it. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 147. In this episode, I'm joined by Kaylee Gray for a conversation about inviting more art into your life in 2022. Kaylee is a memory keeper, art journaler, and the fairy art mother behind Get Messy. Hey, Kaylee, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. My goodness, I'm excited to be here. Oh, yes. This is going to be a fabulous conversation. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. I feel like I've known you online for so long. And now we get to meet. So, so fun. Yeah. long. I feel like I've known you online for, I mean, almost a decade. Isn't that insane? It is. It is. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I am Kaylee Gray. I'm the fairy art mother at Get Messy, which just means that I facilitate creation and connection within the community. I am a South African, that's my accent, and I live in Germany with my husband and two children. One of them is a human child and one of them is a fairy child. And when did you move to Germany? Five years ago, I think. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, we moved here... I mean, I don't know. It's it's like at the stage now where it feels like forever ago, but also yesterday. It's still not quite. Is it, is it home yet? It is. I think, yes. It became okay. home very recently where we had gone back to South Africa and then we came back here and it felt, uh, it, it, it's weird. It feels weird. But I think having a kid helps things feel like home. I bet. I bet. Yes. Yes. So you are an art journaler. You're passionate about this. And that's going to be the focus of our conversation today. But your origins are a little more in memory keeping. And I'm curious, what's exciting you right now related to keeping the stories of your life? Yeah. Exciting me. Um, 2022, next year. I think mm-hmm. 
I think you're the same in that we both love reflecting and in making intentions. And so the end of the year is, is my favorite time of year because I get to look back and I see what I've done this year. And I also realign myself with what, what I want to be doing in life. Um, at the end of last year, I made a vision board. I've only been doing that for a few years, like a visual vision board. I always have goals, always. Um, but last year was the first time that I did that. And I was looking back at it. And so it had all the like imagery that I wanted. And I realized that I had, you know, without too much focus on it and without um, making my entire life about, <laughs> about my goals, I'd managed to achieve everything that I wanted last year. And you know, not, they're not necessarily big things. It's not like make a million dollars. Um, but like true things to me, uh, one of the very exciting things was on the vision board, I'd put that I want to hire a full-time employee. Um, Mm -hmm. and I used a stock image, you know, of a smiley person sitting at a computer. And I realized that the person that I had hired this year actually looks exactly like that person. So it starts getting weird. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited about next year. I'm excited about that realignment. I think that's a good word because it's just like coming back to myself and remembering what's important and, and going back on that path. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I love this time of year because of that. I feel like it's a opportunity to wipe the slate clean a little bit and just, uh, yeah, realignment is, is a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. And you know, thinking about your vision board, I hear people so often talk about, well, at the beginning of the year, I do these things and then I don't come back to them. But there's so much power in setting the intention because when you go back to it, as you did, you realize this actually happened. Yes. So I put it on my Notion dashboard. Notion's just, I mean, it's like Evernote or one of those things. Mm -hmm. And it opens every new tab. So it's there, but it's very passive. Like I'm seeing it passively all the time. And I think when you just put something else into the universe and you're like, I wouldn't mind if this happened, then the universe sometimes listens. I love that. Yeah. So thinking a little bit more about stories and a little bit of the meaning behind why we create things, why we're documenters. Is there something that's on your bucket list? You mentioned to me that you maybe want to get a little bit more into Project Life or scrapbooking (laughs) again. So what's on your memory keeping bucket list? Okay, so I started all of this with Project Life. Everything started with Project Life. And the reason it worked for me was just because of the focus on gratitude and on little moments and... um just being thankful for where you are, even if it's very, very, very small things. So uh, I don't know, talking to you now makes me definitely want to give Project Life another proper push next year. For the past uh, three years, I haven't done Project Life uh, on a consistent basis. And I've just been wanting to merge Project Life and Art Journaling. And I think that I have to accept that there is no merging for me and I'm going to do them both individually. I think that's my like, yeah, you make, you, (laughs) you are making me feel like I really need to take action with Project Life again. Um, But 
bucket list project at the moment is I really want to document the story of my body, which is mm. a little bit weird. Um, no, maybe it's interesting. different. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like I'm documenting, you know, my son. That make that's a normal one. But my body, I think, I think that life reflects art, and and so what I'm currently going through in life is I have a focus on my health and you know eating nutritious meals and building my strength and. And that kind of stuff. And I remember the other day after a shower, I looked at myself in the mirror and the stretch marks that I have on my stomach uh, after having my son, they were glistening kind of like, kind of like a snail's trail glistens. Like it looked exactly like that. And I looked at them and I was like, huh, that's, that's a little bit beautiful. And so ever since then, I've been drawing the pattern of my stretch marks and drawing like the curve of my body and and trying to see my physical self as a an art piece um and i mean i'm not quite there yet like i don't feel like i'm going to frame myself and put it in the louvre but but i think that it's an important journey to go on in terms of self love and self acceptance and all of that and yeah so my art currently reflecting that a lot Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think something that we probably all could use a little bit of to celebrate our bodies and what they're capable of and where they've been and where we want them to go. So, yes, so powerful. Yeah. So dipping a little bit back into this project life for next (laughs) year, like I'm curious what role have photos played in your creative process over the past three years when you weren't doing project life? So it's been super interesting because with Project Life, it gives you a very good basis for keeping your photos organized and all of that. So that served me very well. And I've continued with very good, exceptionally good photo organization. I think how it's changed. (laughs) I know you love, I know you love that. And I could, you know, I could talk about photo organization for days. Um, I was helping my my dad, he's become a photographer in his retirement. And so mm-hmm. I was helping him share a folder with his friends. Yeah, it's it's exciting. But I think the the shift now is I'm taking a lot, a lot of photos of details. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking about my stretch marks. I, I immediately took a photo. And that helped me then be able to draw the pattern. And it's helped me dig in deeper you know, yesterday I had a really delicious cheesecake and it was beautiful. And I took a photo of it because it, I don't know, it sparked something in me. And I think that it's going to end up, whereas, you know, Project Life and Scrapbooking, you take the photo and you put it in and then you develop from there. When I use a photo in art journaling, it it forms, I mean, it's the same, I guess. Like it forms the basis of ideas and the basis of, creative exploration. Well, and maybe you were getting exactly what you needed from photos in this, you know, period of time, particularly with, as you call it, the Panini era. (laughs) And (laughs) um, I think that, you know, it's been, it's been a weird time for sure. And to now to think about, okay, in this realignment that I have, I'm loving looking a little bit closer and deeper and how, 
do I need to do something that's a little bit separate from my art journaling to feel fulfilled in that? Yes. Yes. I was talking with an artist yesterday and we were talking about how art art isn't just making the art, but it's also the way you're seeing the world. So Mm -hmm. for documenters and memory keepers, you're not looking at the world the same way someone very logical and practical is looking at it. You're looking at it and you're seeing these small moments that make up the beauty of your life. And you might see it creatively. You know, when you take the photo, you're no longer just like pressing the button on your, on your phone. You're taking the photo to that focuses on the part that you want to remember or the part that you want to keep or the moment that is important. And I think photos are saying this moment is important enough to me that I want to live it twice, you know, once when it happens and then once again when I'm documenting it. Oh, well, there's like the epic soundbite from this conversation. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, let's dive more into your business and what you're doing. So you describe Get Messy as an online art journal school for the imperfect, messy creative with restless hands and a busy mind. That describes me very well. <laughs> Can you tell us a little about how it came to be and how this community has evolved over time? Yeah. So Get Messy, funnily enough, is is kind of, it's like a rallying cry because I am not somebody who likes to get messy and I'm not mm-hmm. someone who likes to have dirty hands and I'm very pedantic and exact and logical. And so Get Messy is like an action, right? It's it's an encouragement. It's a challenge to go past perfection. Uh, that's been, that's always my focus. Like every time when I'm sitting down, it's that encouragement to like let go. And Gamesi is so intertwined with my own personal art journey. I can't separate them. I think, yeah, the community has evolved naturally I haven't had much to do with it it's been really nice it's been really nice it's you know you're saying earlier about different stages of lives and different seasons of lives I think that's a big theme in our creative journeys you know sometimes we're creating every day and sometimes we're creating once a week once in a blue moon sometimes we're not creating at all and all we are creating is the memories and the life that goes into our scrapbooks or our journals. So what's important to me all the time with Get Messy are three things. It's take what you need, bring your messy self, and more than zero is enough. And the idea behind that is you need to know yourself in order to know how much to take in. You know, we live in a world where you can way take in way, way, way more than you need. And so you need to know what you need at this specific stage. Um, and then bringing your messy self, you know, imperfection is beautiful and great. And that's exactly how we want to come to our journals. We don't, you know, our journals or our scrapbooks or whatever medium we use. The best part is the imperfect part. The best part is exactly what things are, the real stuff, the true stuff, the yeah, the mess, essentially. And then the more than zero is enough part is if you're doing something that's not nothing, that is the best. That is the best. You don't have to be doing 
all the projects. Um, you don't have to be doing every idea that you come across and everything everyone else is doing. Just doing a little bit is amazing and it's so worth celebrating and just, yeah, I think I think that's important because sometimes our perfectionist selves, our perfectionist self tells us you have to do it in exactly X, Y, Z way. Otherwise, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But that's just not true. Well, I think even our creative curiosities, though, like make us want to do all the things, even though we know it's not feasible or practical. Right. That's right. also the challenge. Like we want to eat everything on the buffet, but we know it's going to make us not feel so good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think, yeah, Jennifer, what do you like? Because I feel like you are, I mean, the whole the whole process of this podcast has been very refined and amazing. Tell me how you see it. Like, how do you get projects done? You know, it's been very much uh, an evolution over time. And I feel like I've grown along with my community to figure out, okay, what are the the, the fundamentals that help us do stuff and I and I've been thinking about this really recently like that there's two things one is we need some sort of rails or boundary and a lot of times that's just a decision of this is how I'm going to do it and to be really specific about this is what I'm doing I'm it's not I'm scrapbooking I'm creating art it's I'm doing this project which looks like this and this is how I know it's going to be done and then the whole flip side of that is to be able to create accountability systems for yourself that help you show up to it, whether it's a time on the calendar or a friend that encourages you, or it, it really has nothing to do with what you're creating, but how you make the time to sit down and do anything. Mm. And so when you have those two things together, that's how you get stuff done. Yes. Do you think it's like, having you create the boundaries and then within those boundaries you can unleash yourself oh yes a hundred percent yes i know when i've been working on a project uh in during october i had this really tiny kit of supplies and i felt so creatively energized by having a really small set of things to work from rather than you know all the things yes yes and when when you were talking about kind of your your three values and, and things that you share with your community or your these these passion points. This speaks so well to kind of this balance that we have as uh, guides and, and educators and content creators and the creative person's experience because we're creating all this stuff. And how do we make our people not feel like it's a total hamster wheel? Like that's our job to feel like sometimes it's a hamster wheel. That's (laughs) not their job. Their job is to take what they need and to know that anything they do is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Do you, um, do you find yourself? Ah, I'm interested. Okay. So when you are recording a lesson or you're sharing something and you absolutely screw up something, in your opinion, like you, you do something and you're like, that looks terrible. What do you do then? Mm. It depends. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes I will brush it off and try to make it into something new or celebrate the imperfection. And sometimes that part gets cut out or I start over. Mm. So 
I think it just depends on how how I'm feeling at that time, like mm-hmm. how much kind of full of possibility or acceptance, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I've been yeah. wondering a lot about the... What do you do? Well, yeah, I've been wondering about the way creators create and what they share. Mm-hmm. And I think art journaling, there's more room for splashes of paint, whereas memory keeping, it, I don't know, it feels more limited, but like within, but there's freedom in that limitation. You know, like uh, a Project Life album, you have to put the photos in the in the pockets. You can't mm-hmm. just do whatever. You know, there's that structure. And like we were saying with with the creative habit and making sure that you do actually create, you create those structures to put in the wild abandon. And so Project Life, it's the pocket pages, and I think that's why I like them. You know, for me, the twelve by twelve pages tall, way too scary. I don't think I could ever. Um, go back to that (laughs) yeah Uh, but when I'm teaching I think there's a there's a process that people can learn from the process of continuing from mistakes or yes what you don't like because it's also not not objective mistake it it's just to you a mistake or just to you something that you'd prefer not to be on the page Well, I think there's also a weird thing that happens with me is that if I'm, especially if I'm doing something live, I, I can't see it until I've stepped away. And sometimes it's literally Mm -hmm. a physical, I need to be further away from this to see how it has all come together. And then I will often make final changes after I've taught something live because, Mm -hmm. and that's, that would be, that would, that would be my normal process is that I would kind of do most of it step away for a little bit and then figure out, okay, what are the final changes I need to make for this to be finished in my eye? Mm. And so doing it live is a different time period. That's not, not as natural for me. Yeah. 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 But you're talking about mistakes. I have this great example of, I <laughs> have been on this journey of fixing the spine of an album for my December daily project. And I, uh, sanded off a 2015 date so that I could use the album this year. And then I adhered a star in that in place and it was beautiful. And then when I went to go look to see, did it stick well enough? There was some sort of smudge on the outside of the star that I could not remove. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is disaster. But instead I put another star on top of it. So now it's a double layered star. Like... I fi- I fixed it and I'm just r- trying to run with it and embrace that. Now it's just more interesting. Yes. Yes. That so. more interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good because I think that it, that being creative gives us permission in other areas of our lives. Um, an example, like if I want to buy a dress that I never would have normally wore because, you know, what would my mom say and what would – Uh, all these people say now I'm just like oh I'm an artist I can wear that or oh I'm an artist I don't need to brush my hair today it's like it's that permission to just have the stuff that is usually seen as mess as simply creative or just that's just um that's just artistic and so that star I would like to say he just wants to 
be a little individual. You know, he wants to have that like um, unvarnished look. Yeah, he but needs I a think friend as to get him to look those, polished. Aw, <laughs> that's a wonderful way to look at it. <laughs> but I think those of us who like more logical, linear, less mess, sometimes it can be hard to. We have to dig deep sometimes to find that acceptance. Yes, it is not yeah. easy. And yeah. I think it's even for people who have been doing that for a long time, it doesn't mean that it's not a struggle anymore. It just means that you've learned to not listen to those voices or just just accept, okay, the voices are here. They always come. I'm going to be fine. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to know that sometime in the future, when you look back on it, you'll just think, oh, that was cute. Yes. You know, that, that, that looks beautiful or that's amazing. Um, you're not going to think about, oh, well, I had to cover that up because something was messed up. You Completely. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to now Get Messy started as you were doing challenges on Instagram. Is that what I'm remembering? Yeah. On blogs. From, yeah. From the blog way back. And then now you have this amazing membership community with so much content. Can you talk about the type of experience you want to create for your members? Kind of going a little further on what you were mentioning before. Yeah. Um, definitely one of our acceptance and acceptance in the imperfections, um, a feeling that you're not alone in this. You know, like you were saying, you've, you've developed over the course of your journey and with your members, you've like developed alongside them. Same as me. And, you know, I, when Get Messy started, I was incredibly lonely. I was just about to emigrate for the first time. And so Get Messy became a haven for those who don't have people that necessarily get what they're doing. Um, and I think everything goes back to that imperfection and just being told that it's fine. Um, perfect's boring. Imperfection is where the interesting things happen and, and we're all imperfect and it's, <laughs> yeah, fine, 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 fine. A hundred percent. Yes, for sure. That reminds me so much of when I started Simple Scrapper. It was because I had just moved into a house with my husband and two stepsons and a big dog. And it was a very tiny house. And so I kind of locked myself in the bedroom with my cat <laughs> and uh, discovered scrapbooking. <laughs> really? <laughs> totally. So, so you were hiding away from the dog. That's all I yes. heard. <laughs> yes. It was it was a challenging time. It, I mean, it was amazing because I was so excited to be married and start this new life. But I'm like, oh, how do I adapt to all this change at once? I've got to find yes. something that's just for me. Oh, yes. It's kind of like you went into yourself and you hung out with yourself a bit. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've talked a lot about kind of just different formats of creating, but even within art journaling, just like within scrapbooking, it's so diverse in style and format technique and what you're, how it looks and what you're using to create it. Why is it so important to you to showcase that across your Get Messy Instagram account and inside of your membership? Because I just, I've noticed that it's not just the way Kaylee creates, it's the way all these beautiful people create. 
Yeah. So in my opinion, just one voice is like boring as hell. It's, it's not interesting. Um, and I always say that I'm not, you know, I'm not the best artist in the world objectively or subject. It doesn't matter, but, um, I can, I think I can help others be their best artists and I don't believe in competition, you know, so every time we have a new artist sharing inside the community, I'm 100% going to give all the links to their sites. And even if they've also got an exactly the same art journal membership, I'm going to link that and encourage people to follow what resonates with them because all I want is for someone to be creating. I just want people to create and and feel the feeling of creating and living a creative life and whether that comes from me or it comes from someone else that it, it always makes me happy um and so yeah so if we've got all the different voices it's just it's just repetition that what you're making is great and what you're making is beautiful and all of it's beautiful. Even even the stuff that you might think is not great. It's all it's all beautiful because it's true and it's you and who you are. Well, and I love that you're not you're trying to kind of break through this idea of, of competition within the creative world too. Because I think sometimes there's that not so talked about undercurrent. Mm. And the more that we actively work against it I think the more that we can just embrace that everyone has something valuable to offer exactly and I think there's um the whole is greater than the sum of its parts right if we have Mm -hmm. what everyone's creating individually is great but if we put all together it's so much more and it's exciting and I think everyone has something to say and that's a that's a nice thing with telling stories is that every single person even if they have the same experiences they'll tell it differently um we are lucky with the internet because we you know have so access to so many different walks of lives life and ways of seeing things it's just so much more interesting oh for sure i think that yeah it just, it really is to just experience someone's viewpoint through their supplies. Even if you gave 10 people the same supplies, they would all create something different, Mm -hmm. right? And even Um, if you sat down with the same supplies one day later or one hour later. Yeah. You know, at the same time though, I think there is value in following along, trying to take an example and say, okay, can I make something that looks like that as a way of learning how, how to hold your hand or how to cut something or whatever it is that you're doing? Because there's the more that you practice certain things, the more you can incorporate them into your own ideas. Exactly. And that's how you're going to find out what you like, right? If you just, if you take a whole bunch of things, you just try each of them and you just keep whatever you, whatever you enjoy. That's how you create stuff that comes from the soul and comes from the heart and is in tune with what you love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I yeah, this reminds me of I have been taking some classes this past year from scrapbooking cards today, these crop and create delivered. And these are like fairly traditional. They're sending you a box of scrapbook supplies. They're very like thematic. They're fun projects, but they're very kind of outside of the realm of how I would traditionally create. But I have learned all these different techniques that have made me realize I like dimension and texture and popping things up so they they look three-dimensional and that's something that i've been very i don't know not against but just thought i was or liked flat things in the past (laughs) and so but because i kind of just said i let go and i embraced something that was totally different i was able to discover something that fits into my normal creative routines too so i love that yeah i love how you phrase that so good So we've talked a lot about perfectionism already, but I'm curious why you think art journaling can be a really helpful practice for perfectionists. Okay, well, I am a perfectionist, obviously. (laughs) I think most people are perfectionists. uh, So I'm a recovering perfectionist, let's call it. You know, every day I'm trying to go against the voice inside of my head. Um. And I think the journal is magical in particular because it is by in like by definition, it's a rough draft. You know, historically a journal is something that you keep with a lock and key, you hide it away, you don't let anyone read it. Um and so that idea that it's just yours and it's casual, it's lighthearted, you know, you're not working on an expensive piece of canvas, your journal could cost one dollar, you know, there's no restraints. It's it's just very naturally easy and low barrier. Um, and the nice thing about a journal, if you do something that you don't like, you just turn the page. You know, if you make something on a canvas or another medium and you don't like it you feel a bit guilty maybe to throw it away because it cost you a whole bunch of money or um, it takes up so much space and a journal just really is whatever you need it to be Uh, I know a lot of people that burn their journals afterwards which is exciting and awesome and I can't do that I would rather just (laughs) just throw it into the recycling Um, (laughs) But the, the temporary nature of it and the private nature of it is is pretty cool to me. How do you balance the the inherently private nature of it with the desire to share online? Mm. Because we also like a little bit of pats on the back for you made a cool thing. I know. It has it's been a process. Um I often have to take a step away from Instagram. Uh, cause that's the main place that I share. But I think once I've finished something in my journal, part of letting go of it and becoming not attached to it is to share it online. And I think in the creative space that we are both in, people are actually very nice. We don't have a lot of trolls. I mean, they, they're still there. But for the most part, people are nice. And so yes, yes, you won't really ever put something out there because the people that are all looking at it are art journalists and scrapbookers and people that are dabbling in creativity themselves. So they understand it's not about like the finished piece. It's about 
the process that it took to get there. They understand, you know, what goes into that and, and the benefit of it outside of looking beautiful. So yeah, so when, when I'm sharing online, I've already let it go in my head. And so it doesn't really matter what everyone says. It's just like closing the chapter for me. Mm-hmm. I like that as a way of just release of, of moving on to the next thing and it served its purpose for you. And now hopefully it can serve a purpose for someone else. Yeah, exactly. And I think my scrapbooks um, and my Project Life albums, my December dailies, they're all on my shelves at home and I've never looked back on them. I cannot look back on them, but my partner and my son freaking love it. They love Aww. it. Yeah. Does that, that weird feed into any desire to want to do more? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Um, maybe, I think maybe the season I'm going through with the art journey is a season of focusing on myself. Maybe it's like me hiding in my room with my cat, my version mm-hmm. of that, yeah, uh, and reconnecting with myself. And I think, you know, I'm feeling pretty full with that at the moment. So maybe I'm ready to start you know documenting more of my son's life in that way I think we always have to go through these periods of marination we talk about that a lot here on the podcast where you you know there's something coming but you don't have a clear vision for it yet because maybe you want to to bring something into it maybe you want to find a way to to merge uh, some aspects of your art journaling process with your project life like maybe cutting pieces out and putting them in the pockets to say here's a here's a slice of what I made this past week um and then to just sit with that and sit with the uncomfortableness of it and that's what's going to lead you towards having a clear vision and a clear plan yeah Matt do you know what I think you've nailed it it's I'm not I'm not ready to be uncomfortable I've been comfortable for so long and maybe that's an encouragement that I need to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need to be an uncomfortable beginner again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's how I feel about art journaling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know what I want to do now? I want to give you a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) This could be interesting. (laughs) Oh no. It's very scary, which means that it's good. No, I. Hmm. We're mm-hmm. gonna have to keep talking about this, but let's. I think, I think this next question here kind of really guides into this, as as our listeners are thinking about what they want to incorporate into their creative practice next year. What do you see as the most common roadblock for those who want to create more, or, or even just get started with something that maybe is new and uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't want to be a hypocrite going on from this. I mean, it's, you know, the the truth is that the biggest barrier always is just you. Like, my mm-hmm. biggest barrier is me. Um, I can disguise that by saying, you know, I don't have time or I don't have the supplies. In the end, it's just me. I just need to sit down, do it, um, sit with uncomfortableness. If for practical tips, I think a very good way to sit through that is to sit through it with someone else and to follow a tutorial and do it step one, step two, step three, you know, and yes, and you don't need to always pull from your own courage. You can pull from the courage of someone else. 
Very well said. Yes, that's it's so amazing because sometimes it's the showing up. And if you can work past your own self to show up and just sit there and, you know, and there's many examples we've already shared, follow someone else's courage. Someone else has already done the create the, the quote unquote creative hard work. So if you can show up and do that, it, it builds your muscles to be able to do more. Mm. Mm. Showing up. Yes. And, and you can also use um, the resources of someone else, not only from the knowledge, you can also, you know, show up to a crop. Like you have a bunch of mm-hmm. crops, within, crops within your community, get my CS hangouts, show up, see other people doing it too. It's yes. Massive encouragement. But I think you've hit really on what it is. It's the the roadblock is not I'm disorganized or I don't have the right supplies or I don't even have skill. It's something it's in your head. The roadblock is inside of us. Um, there's a book called The Mountain Is You. <laughs> it's a it's not a good book. <laughs> she kind of like reached her peak for the book with the title. Um, okay, <laughs> so you don't need to read it. But yeah, knowing that the mountain is you and that's what you need to conquer, which is simple, but not easy. But even just knowing it can help, helps us start working through it. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just being able to, and I think that's, that's something that I think both of us try to do is to creating is not just about what you're doing with your hands mm. and, and the stuff there's the mental process that we have to work through. And so to ask these, you know, thoughtful questions that get people looking at their lives and creative practices differently makes, makes a difference in, in their experience. Completely. I think a phrase that you can say to yourself with these uncomfortable bits while you're feeling it is just, this is okay. It's all okay. Mm. Like feeling uncomfortable is okay. Uh, making something that's outside of your scope uh, is okay and it looks okay and it's all okay. You're fine. Everything's fine. I don't know. That helps yeah. me at least. Oh, yeah. No, I can. I want to try that myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about your book. So Yay. this is called Get Messy Art. And can you tell us when it comes out? Uh with the panini, it's been delayed, <laughs> but the current date is 14th of December. Uh, so that is right after this episode is scheduled to go live. Great, Tommy. And what would you say is the kind of the core message that you were trying to impart on the readers in this book? The core message of the book is the same as the core message of the membership, which is there are no rules, there's no judgment, no pressure. Just make art make something and i'm curious how was the experience in putting it together versus maybe the comfort zone of creating content for their community mm. so it's, it's been weird because there's it's involved a lot of trust um you all know when you run your own business there's a lot of control and it's wonderful and i love control And so knowing (laughs) that there was going to be a group of people that were going to take my words and my photos and my art and turn it into something that's like still mine, but not really mine. um, Mm. That was scary as hell. And that was 
the most difficult part of the process for me um, was accepting that. You know, the writing was fine. The projects were fine. Completely used to that. That came way easier than I expected. Um, And then I let it go and let everyone else have it. And I had to take a lot of (laughs) deep breaths. But I was very lucky with my team, my editor, uh, Janine, is I call her my fairy book mother because she is amazing. And at every stage, she made sure that even though I wasn't doing, you know, the layout of the book, uh, the final editing, even though I had the final say, you know, I wasn't physically creating the documents that became the book, which is what I usually do. Um, it still somehow looked like me. It still looked like decisions that I would have made, which is, I don't know how they managed to do that. It's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's a sign of, I think of a really good team who is able to really pay attention and look closely to who you are and what your, your style, what your preferences are to understand that and, and and carry that through the book. So that's so exciting. But I think you are like that too, because, you know, going onto someone's (laughs) podcast is a bit of a giving up of control and a bit of a, uh, a big <laughs> display of trust and you did a really good job with noticing and you know I love the questions that you asked me and it's very nice to feel seen I think that's because of what a good noticer you are oh thank you yeah <laughs> So, I mean, some of our recent conversations have been about um, our Hobonichi planners. <laughs> so I also want to end here is talking a little bit about this, particularly as I know we have a lot of listeners who are thinking about what planner they want to use next year and and not only the functionality of that, but the the how this fits into our like creative desk, I guess. <laughs> so I want to know how it's going with your planner and your cover that you... Oh, that you sewed and I think you've been have you been doing more to it I'm trying to to follow the story I've I've been ridiculous and I mean I've been sending you the most ridiculous specific questions and that's why I love the internet because I can't ask anyone else like (laughs) I like I was asking you how do you write the time like how do you how are you okay with these weird questions um but currently on my desk I have one two three four five six planners on my desk okay (laughs) I've got my main one, which is what I, you know, I saw my name written in your Hobonichi and you are written in my one too. It is going exceptionally well. I went through a period where I used only my iPad and GoodNotes for my planning. Um, And of course, I've got all my digital planning, but having a paper planner is, I don't know, that tactileness of just writing things on paper is so helpful. Um, well, no, I love crossing them off. That's like, that's my favorite part is so being able to cross, cross things off. Do you cross off tasks? Oh, I, like, I do. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to send you a photo of what my, this week's planner <laughs> looks like now. Yeah, that is, there's, so I have kept, I have not kept all of my art journals 100% and I've not kept all of my scrapbooking projects, but what I have kept is all of my planners because I think that it tells such a good story of your life, you know. Oh, that's the, so fascinating, right? Like the the tiniest details are so interesting. Like 
who was I meeting? What were my goals? What were my, what was on my to-do list? Cause it shows you what's important to you at that time. So I'm curious, are, is it your uh, desire? Is it your heart's desire to have five planners on your desk next year? <laughs> so you see, this is like where you have to do what works for you because I always felt bad. I always wanted to be the type of person that just has one journal and that was it. Um, mm -hmm. Also wanted to be the type of person that kept all of my personal journal journaling in one journal and all of my work journaling in another and all of my work planning in another. And I've just realized everything just mixes together and you're only one person. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the way that I go about organizing it, and this might be quite extra is I have a lot of brain vomit like that's my step one to all of this to mm -hmm. memory keeping to art journaling to planning is our brain vomit that is it it makes me exceptionally mentally healthy and I know when I'm struggling mentally it's probably because I haven't let go of all the stuff in my head um and then from there I can then you know scan it in and put it on my computer and that's a little bit I, but I enjoy it. It helps me process things, getting it out my head. And maybe some people process things inside their head and they don't need five, five planners. I must say, okay, the planners currently on my desk, it's two that are for next year because I've been doing a lot of work with next year's schedule. Um, okay. I've got one main planner and then one for writing podcast notes in because I think with my pen. And so I've been like writing throughout a conversation and then the other two, are, I don't know why they're here. They don't actually even need to be here. No judgment at all. I'm just trying <laughs> to help guide you towards towards what more of what you want and to make sure it's, you know, meeting your needs. So, yes, yes. And and so, okay, talking specifically about the Hobonichi, what did you decide about the super fancy cover? Oh, so I <laughs> did you return it? I didn't. I kept it in the end. I kept it in the end. I'm not... I hated it for a while. I hated mm -hmm. it. And then, and I still do prefer. So, so the one that I got is the Liberty Fabrics one. And I love Liberty Fabrics. It's the floral pattern, but the inside looked really cheap. And while I was waiting for it, I just took a bunch of uh, Liberty Fabrics and just covered my own journals with it and hand sewed it. And I think I've become endeared towards the handmade look. And maybe that's what's getting to me. But at the moment, I've just got like a mishmash of options. My two, um, I don't know the terminology yet, uh, cousins, mm -hmm. right? The Avec, because it's the two of them for the whole year. Mm -hmm. um, they're still uncovered. I haven't decided what to do with them yet. Okay, because I, I'm currently using mine uncovered for this year, but for next year, uh -huh. I did buy, actually, I asked my mom to buy for me <laughs> the fancy cover. And so I have one that's like, it's like a pink and blue and green plaid, like a, kind of a oh, hand-drawn plaid. Oh, one. Mm. Yeah. Very so cute. I'm going to be using that next year, and I'm really excited about it. But I'm also feeling like, ooh, is it going to get dirty? Like, am I going to somehow yes. mess it up because it's so nice? Yes. Well, and being on my desk. That's yeah. the problem, right? Is as soon as you've got fancy things, they become precious. 
Yes. And then you don't want to use them. And that's not the point. So maybe I like the idea that my journals are not precious and then that encourages me to just use it. I think I just need to keep more wet wipes around. To like <laughs> oh my gosh. We just finished our um, Amazon subscribe and save subscription for wet wipes. Because we had it for my son when he was a baby, and then I just kept it going because it's so good for acrylic paint. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we stocked up because of the toilet paper shortage, and now I'm using it for my stamps. So <laughs> It's very good. <laughs> All right, Kaylee, this has been so fun. Um, yeah, both very important and significant as we talk about this realignment for next year and what we want both what we both want out of next year um awesome to hear about what's happening with get messy and can you maybe share um what anything maybe some sneak peeks of what's coming in 2022 oh goodness i can't i can't <laughs> i can't <laughs> share that yet because i haven't shared it with the get messians yet but my goodness there's one thing that i'm very excited about um I, I I don't want to be that type of person that says I can't talk about it, but it, I'm just excited about more art in 2020 and whatever ways we get to that. That's yeah, that's the exciting bit. And my book, will you obviously? Will you have Will you have told them by December 13th? Yes, yes, and so I can nobody I can will, share a link with you then. Okay, because nobody will have heard this until December 13th. I know. I know. Okay. I can share a link because I'll share that. I'll share the plans, but I can't talk about them yet. It feels weird. All right. I get it. I get it. Feels it feels like I'm cheating on them, you know? Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Can you share where we can find you online? Yeah. Um, Kaylee Gray on Instagram. That's like a whole bunch of E's in there. Uh, get Messy Art Journal on Instagram. Get Messy Art.com on the internet. That's amazing. Thank you so much for spending time. And I'm so looking forward to being on your podcast coming up soon as well. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that we could connect. I think there's something possible here with some maybe a trading of encouragements for for the new year. Yes, totally, totally, (laughs) totally. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Are you ready to start implementing the great ideas you hear on the podcast? The Simple Scrapper membership offers a welcoming space to connect with fellow memory keepers and find the creative accountability you've been craving. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our community. It's the best it's ever been. 